0: Hello to all of our listeners out there. This is James Gilbert at Spamming Zero. Holy cow, we are at episode 22. Can you believe that? We are cruising right along here. Super excited about this episode because we're gonna be joined by Matthew Solisad. He happens to be at Aviator Nation. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Aviator Nation is, but they're one of the fastest growing apparel brands in the entire world. Um, literally like a homegrown shop out of a garage in Los Angeles, Blake, their CEO came up with this brilliant idea of hand stitched clothing that just has a seventies type of feel to it. Um, and what I mean by that is a look and feel of the brand is like more of a seventies style. Uh, I happen to love it. I think it's amazing. Um, They did such an incredible job building their following and social media. We're going to talk about that today with Matt. They just have these raving fans in social media. I mean, you ought to go follow follow their brand. Uh, And Blake just recently released a brand new clothing line that is her going in and literally painting their clothing so that it's super unique. So we talk about that on the podcast a little bit about scarcity and about creating demand and what that does for also customer support. Super excited about this episode. I'll give you a little background on Matt really quick. So Matt is the e-commerce manager um, for Aviator Nation. So he runs their customer experience and a lot of their contact center stuff. Um, what's beautiful that he is doing, uh, we're honored enough at Flip to work with them on a regular basis as a customer. And he's doing stuff with a lot of the ecosystem partners that we also have. Um, but just an incredible person to follow. Matt knows what he's talking about. Um, and Aviator Nation is an incredible DTC brand. So stay tuned for that episode coming up next. We'd like to thank our current sponsor of the month, Aircall, aircall.io, go check them out. Love what they do. They also just reached hundred million in revenue, which is incredible. We partner with them. They're a big part of our ecosystem. Aircall is a cloud-based call center and phone system of choice for modern businesses. A voice platform that integrates seamlessly with popular productivity and help desk tools. Aircall was built to make phone support easy to manage and accessible, transparent, and collaborative. Aircall believes that a great conversation is the most powerful way to communicate with customers, prospects, candidates, and colleagues. We tend to agree. They are as equally invested with voice, and sound as we are. I'm James. And I'm Brian. And this is Spamming Zero.
1: Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, James and Brian.
0: Matt, give us a rundown of what you're dealing with right now. What is top of
1: mind for you? You know that e-commerce... CX manager, if you will, kind of with the company. We uh, currently we're dealing with preparation for, as a lot of retail employees might know, uh, the busiest part of the year. So, that being Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, and whatnot. So, it's all hands on deck here, sort of prepping everything, making sure everything is running smoothly, and getting you know all systems in check before things get crazy.
0: You know, something I've always been very curious about whenever we talk to people that are in the thick of doing all this stuff behind the scenes, like you all make our holidays great, right? Because you guys are the ones that are operationalizing it. You're the heroes behind the scenes that you don't get any like credit for that stuff. Matt, you have a family, you have people that you care for, that you likely buy gifts for. How do you manage the work and the balance of life during this
1: process? You could say that there kind of hardly is that work-life balance, (laughs) especially in the retail space during my holiday season. But luckily enough, we've been blessed with kind of being able to learn how to do all this remote within the past few years uh, due to like world events and everything like that. But, uh, so it's allowed us to be pretty flexible. It's allowed me to be present within my family's life and at the same time working. So. (laughs) Not so much of a balance as it is doing both at once, so.
2: So, Matt, you mentioned when we were talking before the show that, like, right now, this moment, kind of in October, is the calm before the storm. I'm curious what, in the build-up to here, right, over the several, like, weeks, even months leading up to this, like, what does that checklist look like? What have been the things for, for you guys that have been priorities to to get in place and to think about ahead of the holidays this year
1: speaking kind of from my perspective and you know what i do here with the company a lot of it is making sure that we're you know fully staffed and that our automated systems are able to handle the like massive influx of volume that we get over you know a couple weekends of the end of the year and just making sure that those things are working as smoothly as possible and with the mission to provide our customers, you know, the best and smoothest experience that you can get, because as we all know, like those people are probably really busy too, are doing, you know, their holiday shopping or whatever it might be. And just making sure that we are, you know, ready to be able to provide the best service possible, whether that means having more people on our team seasonally, putting in place different new automation tools, or even as far as like making sure that our stock levels are appropriately stocked for those big days
2: and how much of a how much of a spike are you expecting
1: and if it's confidential by all means you can give a multiple if you'd like so just to put it in perspective it's historically every black friday Cyber monday has been the biggest day in company history since e-commerce has been launched so every year it becomes you know the highest day of revenue or company history and for a company as young as us that's pretty cool to see but it's definitely a huge spike it's definitely something that we're we're pretty much bracing for
0: you guys have such a unique brand and i want to talk about this a little bit because i think especially i can't remember what documentary it was but i was on a i was on an airplane and it was when i was doing the west coast to east coast trip so you know you can get like a couple of movies in Easily Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was watching a documentary and it was about a Los Angeles brand that they had like all this like scandalous stuff. But what was crazy about them is like the exclusivity of, of what they created with their clothing brand. And you guys have done the same thing. You have a great social following. It is just like massive people are raving fans of you all. And your CEO just comes out with a new line. She does a big, big video about it. I actually was like, I watched the whole thing. I was super engaged with it. I thought it was one of the coolest videos I've ever seen a CEO do that was thinking of those things, literally like painting unique clothing items right there. Live creating exclusivity, which means demand goes way up the roof, but supply is likely not as high. Now that supply and demand issue you all have dealt with for a very long time. I go to your website and you release very specific lines of clothing and designs for short periods of time. And some of your biggest clients are celebrities who love that exclusivity. Talk to us about what that does with the customer experience. Does that help you and your team to define like the customer experience?
1: Yeah, so I think that, you know, it does a few things. You can look at other big clothing brands within the space that kind of follow that similar model. like. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Supreme, but like their, their model is, you know, like scarcity, very limited, uh, collaborative merchandise and, uh, just creating that hype around something. And you can see that they're very effective. It's effective in building a, you know, their cult following. It's effective in, you know, making your fan base be extremely loyal. People want to know when's this coming out, when's that coming out, what's the new thing? and you know, that definitely presents a lot of unique challenges for us just based off of the fact that, you know, some things aren't available all the time and just creates, you know, some unique situations that we get to deal with here on the customer service side of things. But yeah, what it does to our loyal customers is that really charges them and, you know, makes people really want to follow along closely, closely as to what we're doing, which is great and you, know, you can see the effect that it has on the brand as well.
2: So how do you guys handle a situation where somebody is super passionate, they want a product that's dropped, and you guys <laughs> do not have it in stock, but of course want to give them that experience and keep them
1: engaged in the brand? How do you handle that? The way that we channel here is to provide alternatives. You know, you want to give that customer an option, some- some way that they could, you know, be a part of the brand, if you will. So what we emphasize here is to really provide a lot of choices for the customer, which a lot of times because of the amount of items we do have is something that we can do relatively easily. And it just makes the customer feel a little more included, you know, like you might not have the one exact thing that I was looking for. But by you showing me a list of these options like it it means that you want to put in the effort to get in my business. And I think, you know, as a customer that comes off very, very good. And and it's important that we convey while we want to be exclusive, we also want to, you know, make everyone that is a fan feel included as well. It's kind of a weird conundrum, but (laughs) that's how we're training our members to kind of deal with that sort of stuff.
0: Is the majority of your customers loyal fans like coming back Um, because you guys have a really good like mix you have like raving fans in your social media that are becoming net new customers through influencers and things like that on instagram and tiktok and then you have these like this just really strong loyal fan base how do you tackle loyalty with your raving fans but also ones that are fans and haven't yet
1: purchased it's a majority of returning customers that, you know, frequent our website and stores every day. We have a lot of community events based around our 16 retail store, uh, which sort of act as like these cool community hubs that now some weekends they'll host a live music show with the local band. Some weekends they'll do like a yoga class or a comedy show. And we try to make the retail space become, you know, like a community hub for people in the area, which, you know, gives when, you know, when you feel like you're a follower of the brand and you get to be a part of those type of things, it's, it makes you feel really special. as guess it's also really cool for us to be able to tap into the community that way. We've got like basic online loyalty with, you know, discounts that you can get by purchasing items. But I think the main part of it is the community we build around a retail space.
2: Matt, I'm curious, are there specific and like different metrics that you're looking at around the holidays, right? Obviously there's your full suite of standard metrics, but are are there any new ones that are introduced or maybe taken away that are specific to the
1: holiday season? You know, off the top of my head, there's nothing like that really changes in the way that we look. You know, our customer data, sales data, um, stays pretty consistent throughout the year. A big number to pay attention to kind of in general would be new customers and new purchases uh, just to see how well and how effective our outreach through social media and through, you know, community events are doing. I feel like we are doing a pretty good job at that.
2: The idea of converting a first-time shopper into being one of those loyal fans, right? That's a collaborative thing. That's not just you. That's not just marketing. Have you guys on like journey mapping or like how do you guys approach bringing new customers along that journey
1: I can speak to this kind of on the customer service side of things just because that's you know, my bread and butter where I do but we really really stress like being able to provide the utmost and like efficient and pleasant experience that you can have with one of our agents through where if you email or phone or live chat, because that's how you win people's hearts. And if you have a good experience with an online retailer, that's something that sticks with you. And, you know, it's important that we're able to do that through our various support channels, because we don't have the face to face like, you know, an employee in a retail store does. So that's how I kind of look at things. And especially if someone's a first time buyer, you know, there's a lot of questions that are involved with it. and sizing and this and that that maybe they don't truly understand until you get the piece in your hand um and so for us to be able to take care of that customer and that person and give them a very positive experience is is paramount to us because that's that's how you keep a customer from just being a first-time buyer to a really loyal rabid fan of the brand
0: we actually ordered some of your swag um I guess we shouldn't call it swag. It's really just, a, just like your clothing. We call our swag, but we ordered some of your clothing, and we had it as props in one of, in our explainer video. I don't know if you've checked that out, but you got you got to go to the website um, now that we've redone it. Go watch the explainer video. You're going to see Aviator Nation stuff all over the place. We Sweet. had a lot of fun. Like I don't think everyone that got your clothing, no one really knew how well done it is <laughs> like it's so soft it is just really well made and so we had to do it we had to put it in there um we were all repping your brand it was fun <laughs> my my aviator <laughs>
2: nation sweatshirt has entered my consistent rotation as summer has turned to
1: fall here in new york <laughs> it's so soft and the fact that, is you so know strong we'll and it's just it my pieces that I've had for a while start to relax over time and they get even more comfortable somehow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Matt, how how did you, how did you end up at Aviator Nation, right? Were were you a customer that was a loyal fan and then went to work for the, like, what what was your
1: journey? I moved down to Los Angeles as the first hire on the e-commerce team. Before that, it was just Curtis, which I don't know if you guys had any contact with him, but he was the sole person on the e-commerce team. Just got to the point where he needed some help. He needed an extra set of hands. And I was like, guy. now we're at 10 to 15 people at a given time on the e-commerce team. And yeah, it feels, feels like that wasn't that long there, but it's almost three years ago now. But yeah, things are growing at an alarming rate and time is steaming to go by quicker every day. I think you're considered
0: right now at the moment the fastest growing D2C brand in the world.
1: I think. Wow! Like I didn't know that. If, if I remember right, since I've moved here, we've added like a total of five different buildings or something, and it feels like we still need more space. Even then, just it's it's <laughs> ridiculous to me. I don't I don't understand how this all keeps happening, but happy to be a part of it. Hey, you know, it's just
0: the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, like you guys have created a really good brand. It's created loyalty, raving fans. It's all the things a brand really wants to try to do. Like every brand wants to try to create raving fans. Every brand wants to try to create loyalty that is happening in social media where you actually don't have to do any work. Like your fans are doing it for you. Like (laughs) they're wearing your stuff, taking pictures and going out and being like, look at this stuff. I got it. And you don't. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah you know i've even seen customers go as far as answering like a customer service related yeah. question in an instagram comment for another customer and it's it's hilarious to me i'm like wow the this these people know you know our brand so well that they can just answer the stranger's question yes. under an instagram post have you ever heard of chat desk before the vendor no have not
2: so they're one of our partners they manage that four brands. It's pretty awesome. They'll basically like recruit those loyal fans of the brand and then help manage the process of them kind of operating on behalf of you all in social channels. It's pretty cool.
0: Brain, it sounds like they don't need that. It sounds like their fans are doing it already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they've got their own their own thing organically it's, happening. It's there.
1: the funniest thing. I, yeah, every time I see something like that happen, it cracks me up because it just and people seem to have enough time on their hand to do that, and are willing to do that for rent, and that's, you know, that speaks volumes. And I think if I can keep continuing to contribute in the way that I see fit, and all these pieces keep falling together, there's no reason why we shouldn't be the biggest growing clothing brand in the the country, you know? Hell yeah.
2: Do you find that there is more emphasis and more care for cx and customer service in a business like yours that's not only d2c but also like really built around that loyal following
1: i think that there should be more of an emphasis on cx customer and customer satisfaction i feel like it's a relatively newer thing but then you know the clothing retail space to have outstanding service and things to be really easy for for a customer but i think you know it should be an industry standard i think that that's probably one of the most important part of customer retention and you look at brands like amazon and how easy it is for someone to return or exchange something or, or handle an issue and how much that aspect of their business has grown you know with online retail and whatnot it just goes to show like it's really really important that we're able to you know, provide quick shipping and and make it easy for someone to exchange and be able to provide very good customer service. Because when you're competing with a brand like that, they really set the bar high for you. And that's kind of what people starting are starting, I feel like are starting to expect.
0: You know, one of the things that I think so many customer experience pros, if that's what we want to call them, or people that are focused on customer experience within brands, One of the things that they are all trying to do is show the value and impact that it has on the business right and you in a lot of ways are starting the opposite end from them you have been able to do that like right out of the gates a lot of times because of the loyalty the raving fans are creating that and they're making it show the value directly within the business so your CEO, everybody else knows that the fans that you have, they're driving the growth, they're driving the value. And because of your focus on the experience that they have with the, not just the clothing, but the like, it's, it's soft, it's loose fitting, it's comfortable, right? The whole experience, like even the stuff that you're talking about with your community based led growth, um, and your, your events that you're doing, all that stuff plays a role into that. So if you were talking to somebody that was at another brand and they're leading customer experience, but they're struggling to get the business to understand why customer experience should be the main focal point of growth, what would you tell them?
1: It's not just the customer service part of the customer experience, but as a holistic, think about what does it mean to be a customer for your brand from every angle? like you mentioned it's the clothes feel great we've got a good community aspect and all of these different touch points that all you know play into each other and that you can't really single one of those things out as the reason why but it, that it all has to work together to create uh, such a you know to create a rabid loyalty and to be able to step back and think of it as a whole entire picture rather than you know individual pieces of the customer experience is probably really important and it's probably why our fan base is majority you know returning customers or and whatnot just because of how intertwined all of those things are
0: we started off the conversation talking about like what's top of mind for you is the holiday season prepping your team and everything else to receive the massive amount of volume that you get in just a few days what is the one and the most common thing that you and your team
1: fear during this time? Ooh, that would very much easily be, you know, any sort of hiccup and fulfillment, order processing that would cause tens of thousands of orders to be delayed. That ends up becoming a nightmare. Customer inquiries pop up by the thousands. Where's my order? What's taking so long on? You know, I ordered this with more than enough time for the holidays, and it just compounds down the line. Simple three-day delay is more like an extra three weeks of work for our team, and it just completely stresses the system. So you know, anything that we can do in preparation to avoid that is kind of what we're looking at now and making sure that we have the manpower to to avoid that at any cost. Just because that becomes a gigantic issue and if you have a loyal rabid fan base that that can get turned very sour if tens of thousands of their orders are late so yeah that's that's like the biggest point of emphasis just making sure that we try to try to prepare for any delays or you know what what can we do to stop that from happening
0: true story when i first got married me and my wife were i guess you'd call it financially struggling So I went out and found another job as a customer service rep. And I worked during the peak season. And it was for a pretty big retailer. Um, I'm not gonna name the name, but it was for a pretty big retailer. I could not believe how illogical (laughs) customers would be during this time. (laughs) So all I gotta say, Matt, is from somebody who has literally been sitting in a seat of all the team that you are currently managing, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you Appreciate team that. for doing what they do because we as consumers are crazy during this time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm guilty of it myself too. It's, when you expect a level of service that you receive from a company, like a multi-billion dollar company like Amazon, and you expect that to be every one of your shopping experiences or, you know, when the bars, when set the high, uh, we can understand where it comes from, but woo, sometimes you're like, guys, it's the holidays. Please relax a little bit. <laughs> you guys do any like
2: employee or agent appreciation things through this period to. host
1: uh, our team has a lot of competitions through this period based off of like volume or customer's health on a daily basis and, and we'll make it like a game out of it because at the you know when you're dealing with so many thousands of emails everyone's got to be trying to get get through as many as possible so becomes like a big game top performing agents get rewarded pretty well and yeah it, it's a big thing that we all participate in uh um, so matt are you winning currently now <laughs> no it's just it's been pretty slow we've got a pretty good team behind me and i'm, I'm really only dealing with at this point the bigger fires that need to be put out but yeah feeling pretty confident for this this year so
2: when you look kind of towards the other side of the holidays and into 2023 are there any front of mind projects any passion projects that you really want to do next year
1: related to the business? Or just in general,
2: and 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 your (laughs) team that you run, or for your you personally,
1: I guess really just nailing down some more of the automation and taking advantage of like automation tools that are out there. That's always been like a really powerful way for us to lower the workload on real agents and anything that we can do to kind of flush those systems out are are, going to be really important for next year. Just as things continue to grow.
0: Tell us about an experience that you had. It could be with any brand. It could be even be with the brand that you work for. But tell us about an experience that you've had with a brand that just left you speechless.
1: Oh, man. that That's a tough question.
0: It's Good. a hard one. I know. That is a hard one. Especially Have you had any recently, can't... James. Recently. Yeah. I've had some pretty wild experiences, not necessarily with like clothing by any means, but my wife is like, kind of like a DIYer and she does like a lot of inter interior stuff. And there's this swimsuit that my daughter has ordered. I guess it is clothing, but my, this swimsuit, my daughter has ordered and sizing wasn't quite put up for her to really know if it was going to fit or not. And I just cannot believe that like this brick and mortar shop, very, very small brand, it's not huge. It's like kind of like homegrown, very similar to how Aviator Nation started, but like brick and mortar and they have just been incredible. Like they, my wife and daughter have had to send us some suit back like four or five times just to get the size right. And finally they got the size right. And I just couldn't believe how seamless it was like four or five different times it wasn't just like one time or two times and it was quick seamless very little effort that required my wife to do almost nothing besides change the shipping label put it in the mailbox that was it and that was pretty incredible and now my my daughter loves her swimsuit suit and she's obsessed with it so
1: i always like now they got a lifetime lifetime customer right (laughs) yeah exactly exactly.
2: fan I love looking at like entertainment and hospitality brands and companies, right? Be it like sports teams or like fancy restaurants or like amusement parks of some kind, right? Because those are all similarly built around the idea, right? It's really an experience. The experience is so much of the product and building the loyalty is kind of everything. Think about, like, sports teams, for example, right? Fandom in sports teams is passed down in families through generations, right? Like, that's crazy from a, like, brand and loyalty building standpoint. So there's so much that that can be learned from the way that those sorts of businesses look at experience and how it influences those kind of, like, bigger outcomes and loyalty goals that they're going after.
1: Now that you brought that up, there is an example I have. There we go. Um, Yeah, I actually just became, I guess, according to them, a regular at this restaurant. It's a small little restaurant, opened last year down in Santa Monica. It's called Kobe's LA. Everything is very reasonably priced, and just the atmosphere that they built, it's just amazing. Super romantic, really, really great Asian cuisine, and the service was caught me by surprise it was just really really top-notch very attentive and just really really good and you know for the prices of the food that they were charging that was not expected at all so yeah I've been going back there quite a bit and I guess I'm now regular there and I absolutely love the place so but yeah back to your point you becoming a regular yeah the one of the our server came by and brought me some extra food and talk to me about kind of the process that our, the chef goes through with, you know, certain ingredients and whatnot, and I, that was blown away. Cause I wasn't expecting that level of attention to detail from a place where if you could get a, you know, a dinner entree for like $17, which in LA, by the way, is cheap. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was a, that was a very
0: unpleasant sp- or very pleasant surprise. It's always the give without asking for anything that every time I hear an experience like this, that's what it is. It's the give without the ask that always seems to wow people. Maybe that could be the takeaway for this. I mean, think about what y'all are doing at Aviator Nation. You're giving your loyal fans and your raving fans an incredible experience. And they haven't had to ask for that. You guys started doing that. And that's what created the the loyalty and the raving experiences. Matt, you've been an incredible guest. Thanks for joining us.